Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Pediapod for August 2019. This month, the effect of preterm birth on adrenal function at age 6. For term-born infants, low birth weight has been shown to correlate with a broad array of adverse cardiometabolic outcomes, and excess glucocorticoid exposure has been linked to these relationships. Also, intrauterine growth restriction in term-born infants has been linked to subsequent increases in adrenal androgen activity. Infants born extremely preterm also experience growth restriction during the third trimester and an increased exposure to cortisol. Christy Waterberg, a professor of paediatrics at the University of New Mexico, wanted to evaluate the relationship between preterm birth to levels of salivary cortisol and DHEA at age 6 and to assess the relationship of cortisol and DHEA with blood pressure and measures of adiposity. The results suggest interventions to improve the cardiometabolic outcomes of infants born extremely preterm. Christy joins me on the line now. Hi, Christy. Thank you for having me. So to start with, what effect does low birth weight have on outcomes for term-born infants? Intrauterine growth restriction leading to low birth weight at term has been linked to a wide variety of adverse outcomes in adults, including cardiovascular with hypertension, myocardial infarction and stroke, metabolic syndrome, type 2 diabetes, and broadening out even now to polycystic ovary syndrome, even depression, among other things. The link between these appears to be that you have a restriction of nutrition during intrauterine development and various genes are altered in order to adapt to that relative starvation, which enables the fetus to grow and be born, but then causes trouble when you go from a relative starvation to a relative abundance. And that may be what is is lying behind this. And how does this situation in term-born intrauterine growth-restricted infants relate to the experience of infants born extremely preterm? The two have been linked together in an excess exposure to cortisol prenatally. The babies who are born with growth restriction have been shown to have higher cortisol values in utero, and preterm infants have higher cortisol values after they are born. So there are similarities between the experiences of extremely preterm infants and growth-restricted babies born at term in that both of them have an increase in their exposure to their own endogenous glucocorticoids. Why are extremely preterm 
infants exposed to these higher levels of cortisol? The reason that preterm infants are exposed to these increased levels of cortisol is that after they are born, they must then perform their own homeostasis. They no longer have the intrauterine environment to take care of their metabolic needs and maintain and modulate temperature and blood pressure, so they have to do it on their own. This requires them to increase their cortisol concentrations, and if they don't, then they get into trouble with things like hypotension and acidosis and poor perfusion. So they have to have some increase in cortisol in order to accommodate the extrauterine environment. So what exactly are you asking then in this study? We felt that the experience of preterm infants in being exposed to higher higher levels of cortisol would be similar to that of the term-born infant who was growth-restricted in that both of them were exposed to cortisol that was more than they should have been seeing at that time in gestation. And therefore, it might have the same outcome effects. So our main thought was, our hypothesis was actually, that birth weight percentile would correlate inversely with cortisol concentrations at age six. What we found instead was that birth weight did not correlate with the cortisol outcomes, but it, the 36-week weight and length correlated very much inversely with those outcomes. So that this is contrary to our hypothesis, but actually more interesting because when the babies are born, they then have this increase in exposure to cortisol throughout the third trimester, similar to that experienced by the intrauterine growth-restricted fetus. So it was very intriguing that we found both that the cortisol values at age six correlated inversely to weight and length at 36 weeks, and that they correlated, those levels correlated directly with systolic blood pressure. You weren't just looking at cortisol, were you? It was also DHEA. We were also looking at DHEA, which is an adrenal androgen, and adrenal androgens are very highly expressed in the fetus and is part of a complicated relationship between mother placenta and fetus. And then they go away. The fetal adrenal goes away until the onset of adrenarche, which is in um, mid-childhood, basically. And at that point, it comes back into play as what's called the zona reticularis. And so it is then responsible for the effects of adrenal androgens. There Increase in adrenal androgens is associated with things like polycystic ovary syndrome and other adverse outcomes of, in that regard. And we did find that the increase in DHEA was found in preterm infants compared to term control babies of normal birth weight. And we also found that DHEA was correlated with the blood pressure at age six. Can you tell us a bit about the study design? We actually had the good fortune to tie into a study done by the Neonatal Research Network, which the University of New Mexico is part of. This is a network of varying between 12 and and 16 sites nationwide, performing studies of interventions and observations in preterm and ill newborns. So we had done a study which looked at babies who were extremely preterm, and they were randomized in the, at, at birth to several different treatments. So we had a very large database in, of those infants from the perinatal period, including weights at various times. 
a subset of those, there were about 1,300 of those babies, and a subset of just over 500 of those babies was enrolled into a study called the Neuro Study, looking at the relationship, whether there was a relationship between imaging, cranial imaging done in the first few weeks of life and outcomes at age two and at age six. So at age six, we were able to pick up on these babies on whom we had a great deal of data and tie into studies of outcome that had already been planned to look at their cortisol and their DHEA at that age. So let's move on to the results then. Did being born extremely preterm lead to the increased levels of cortisol and adrenal androgens at age six, as, you, as you'd predicted? We did not find that to be the case. Instead, what we found was a blunted cortisol in the morning when they did their morning samples at home. And in looking at more recent data, which has been produced in various populations, this is equivalent to or similar to what you see in populations that were exposed to early deprivation, such as children who were in orphanages where they did not get individual attention, um, individuals with post-traumatic stress disorder where they've been exposed to a prolonged period of stress. And interestingly, In adverse childhood experiences, or ACEs, in several big studies, the experience of adverse childhood experiences has led to blunting of the axis later on in life. So we think that this is perhaps similar, that the trauma of being in the newborn intensive care unit, which is a very uh, strange environment for a baby for several weeks, or many weeks actually, may have led to this response of post-traumatic stress. Why do you think that was the case? We think that both the difficulty with giving nutrition, adequate nutrition to preterm infants and the exposure to high cortisol concentrations are likely factors in these outcomes. So when you try and feed little babies, it's very difficult and very difficult to get the right kinds of things into them so that although they start out near the average weight, By the time they get to be 36 weeks or term gestation of 40 weeks, their weight is actually very much decreased and you get a very high percentage of babies who who would be considered small for gestation if they were born at that birth weight. So that's the nutritional aspect, but also the glucocorticoids will stunt growth if you get too much of them for too long a period of time, especially in neonatal or early childhood animal models. So we think that the exposure to excess cortisol and the difficulty in providing nutrition are probably both factors in this outcome. Given the results of this study, Christy, what do you think we can do to improve the outlook for extremely preterm infants? What I would like to see done is to to encourage young researchers who are entering the field to try and take a look at the effects of the noxious experiences in the unit, in the newborn intensive care unit, but also can you give them more positive experiences? One of the best known is skin-to-skin care, which has been extremely helpful in low-resource countries. Can this be used to increase the 
weight gain or the the or decrease the stress of babies when they're in the newborn intensive care unit and improve their outcomes. I think there's a wide open field here for people to be looking at and I think that we could see that skin to skin or reading to them or changing the inputs in the environment in terms of noise and and light and all those other things might be very helpful. And that's what I would like to see happen from this study. That was Christy Waterberg from the University of New Mexico. And that's it for this episode. Join us again next month for the next instalment of Pediapod. I'm Jeff Marsh. Thank you for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 